Saham that aham I Kalamaharaj Priyasya of the dearmost Sudida well wisher, Padadevataya of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Lila Ataha, narrations of the pastimes, Tabha Gyur, Nasunga, O my Lord Nasunga Deva, Vidinchagidaha, given by Lord Brahma by the disciplic succession. Anjaha, easily, Tatarmi, I shall cross, Anugunam, constantly describing, Guna, by the modes of material nature, Vipramuktaha, specifically being uncontaminated. Durgani, all miserable conditions of life, Te, a view, Padayuga, Alaya, fully absorbed in meditation on the lotus feet. Hamsa Sangha, having the association of the Hamsas or liberated persons who have no connection with material activities. Okay. So I'm going to first read the translation from the pre previous verse, which we read yesterday, because they go together, and then I'll read this one. O Great One, O Supreme Lord. So this is prayer of Pallad to the Shingadev. O Great One, O Supreme Lord, because of con combination with pleasing and displeasing circumstances, and because of separation from them, one is placed in the most regrettable position, within heavenly or hellish planets, as if burning in a fire of lamentation. Although there are many remedies by which to get out of miserable life, any such remedies in the material world are more miserable than the miseries themselves. Therefore, I think that the only remedy is to engage in your service. Kindly instruct me in such service. O my Lord Nishingadev, by engaging in your transcendental loving service in the association of devotees who are liberated souls, hamsas, I shall become completely uncontaminated by the association of the three modes of material nature and be able to chant the glories of your Lordship who are so dear to me. I shall chant your glories following exactly in the footsteps of Lord Brahma and his disciplic succession. In this way, I shall undoubtedly be able to cross the ocean of meshes. Purport. A devotee's life and duty are very well explained herein. As soon as a devotee can chant the holy name and glories of the Supreme Lord, he certainly comes to the liberated position. Attachment for glorifying the Lord by hearing and chanting the holy name and activities of the Lord, Shavanam Kirtanam Vishnam, certainly brings one to the position where material contamination is absent. One should chant the bona fide songs received from the disciplic succession. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that the chanting is powerful when one follows the disciplic succession. Evam parampara praktam imam raja Manufacturing many ways of chanting will never be effective. However, chanting the song or the narration left by the previous Acharyas, Mahajanogyanagatasavanta, is extremely effective, and this process is very easy. Therefore, in this verse, Pallad Maharaj uses the word anjaha or easily. Accepting the thoughts of exalted authorities through disciplic succession is certainly much easier than the method of mental speculation by which one tries to invent some means to understand the absolute truth. The best process is to accept the instructions of the previous acharyas and follow them. Then God-realization and self-realization become extremely easy. By following this e easy method, one is liberated from the contamination of the material modes of nature, and thus one can certainly cross the ocean of nations in which there are many miserable conditions. By following in the footsteps of the great Acharyas, one associates with the Hamsas or Paramahamsas, those who are completely freed from material contamination. Indeed, by following the instructions of the Acharyas, 
one is always freed from all material contamination, and thus one's life becomes successful, for one reaches the goal of life. This material world is miserable, regardless of one's standard of life. Of this there is no doubt. Attempts to mitigate the miseries of material existence by material methods will never be successful. One must take through Krishna consciousness to become really happy. Otherwise, happiness is impossible. One might say that becoming advanced in spiritual life also involves tapasya, voluntary acceptance of some inconvenience. However, such inconvenience is not as dangerous as material attempts to mitigate all miseries. Om Jnana Timarandasya Jnana Shalakaya Chakshu Unmidatam Mena Tasmai Shri Gurudevena I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master, Shri Prabhupada, opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my humble obeisances unto him and to all members of Sri Parampara, in the separate succession. So, in these two verses, Pallad Maharaj, he takes the position of a conditioned soul. And this you'll find, and oftentimes our acharyas do that, Bhaktivinotaku uh, songs, famous in, in, in the whole series of songs where he's describing himself as a materialist, completely uh, bound up by the modes of nature, but he doesn't end the song like that. Then he ends the song, oh please Lord, you know, despite my fallen condition, please lift me up out of this. This is uh, explained as vigyakti in the nectar of devotion. It's called submission. And there's kind of a, kind of a uh, misunderstanding amongst many devotees that this submission means it's submitting to the Lord, which is, of course, completely bona fide. But it's more like submit, submitting a complaint or submitting a, a uh, confession of, of, of where you're at, if you read the section there. So there's a whole series of songs like that. And that's echoed in the Bhagavatam. Uh, you'll find uh, great devotees, such as Kunti Devi, you know, praying that, uh, my dear Lord, try me and I'm the Vishaya Mati and Mother Potesa, Kurita Ratamun, Bahatab and Tag, Hungay, Bhav, Madandati. This is near the end of her prayers in the eighth chapter, first canto. And she says there, I put it into a little poem, Oh, Madhava, please ever fill my mind with thoughts of thee, not any other kind, as Ganji's torrent flows into the sea, that all my love go constantly to thee. And uh, Kunti Devi is already proven through all of the ordeals that she's been in, in and constant remembrance of Krishna. But she's teaching us, just like Maharaj is teaching us, giving us a good example. And the greatest devotees, the Mahabhagavas, they actually feel that they're not devotees, that they need a special uh, mercy from the Lord. So they really uh, call out to him with the most uh, plaintive and, and desperate call in, in, in their prayers and everything, which is a sign of their advancement. But Pallad is teaching us here, so the previous verse, we'll just go through it a little bit. Yasmat priya priya yoga sa yoga janma shoka agnasakata yonashadayamana. In those two lines, he uh, outlines and defines the material condition. What he's saying there is that, uh, presenting himself as a conditioned soul, I'm burning in an, a fire of shoka, of lamentation, caused by these two basic conditions of material life. And one is priya, the yoga. Things which are dear to us are taken away from us over time. Just like you had experience here with a fire. Well, you know, what could be more dear than a facility for serving Krishna? You know, and suddenly by, just by the way the material energy works, it's not, you know, it was damaged. You couldn't use that facility anymore. You had to wait and rebuild it and now it's 
hopefully almost rebuilding and we can get back to normal. But uh, on the material, in the material world, it's, it's, it's always like that. The most dear thing we have is our body, right? Very dear to the soul, and we, we, we keep it as healthy as possible and so forth. But eventually, it, it, uh, gradually, there's so many hints, you know, this breaks down, that breaks down, you know, and eventually it's taken away. So this is a cause of great lamentation. The very prospect of that happening is, is, is very disturbing to our mind. Why is it that I, I, I've got it together now, I'm in, in a pretty good situation, but I see that my friend uh, had a similar situation and now he's in the hospital, or I'm, I'm reading in the newspaper some disaster in a peaceful place. Last year, was it last year? Yeah, last year, they had these horrific fires in California, where I live, Northern California, we didn't have them down in San Diego. But, you know, there was this retirement community named Paradise. <laughs> you, I don't know if you read about it. And this fire blew in, you know, uh, and, and just devastated it it's very, very quickly. 85 people died. You know, this is a retirement community. People are living there. And paradise must be a very nice place to live, you know, California. Suddenly it's all gone. This is, this is the material world. This is what happens in the material world. There is no place of peace and happiness here. There's only the illusion that you can attain that. That's, that's what Maya does to you. So he's, first, he did, the things that are most dear are suddenly or gradually taken away. And conversely, the things that are most abominable are forced upon you. You know? I'm, uh, you have this growing homeless problem in California. I mean, a huge percentage of the country's homeless are in California, and a huge percentage of those are in Los Angeles and San Francisco. So here you are, suddenly, and then, you know, there's all of these homeless guys right on the street, you're walking here and there, you know. But you, don't, you don't want that, but it's forced upon you. And that's just one example. So t these two together, the things you really love, taken away, and the things you really hate, forced upon you, this constitutes a, a fire, of, produces a fire of lamentation. Not just in human form, but even lower life forms exhibit the same thing. I have the same. So in human life, we try to counteract them. It's called the dukkha aushadi. Very simply, a remedy for misery, for difficulty. And, and this whole society that's built up in America, the technology and everything, is really uh, various attempts, individual and collective, to get rid of the misery, push it back, postpone it at least. So this is called Dukaushadi. But we, we find that the, that the remedy for the misery produces more misery. Perfect example, I won't get into the detail because we, we covered this yesterday. Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceutical. Tremendous uh, edifice of technological advancement. Producing these things, research, you know, these, all these, uh, these medicines that they put. But they all have some side effect. There's some side effect for, for practically every one of them. Sometimes very serious. So this is a perfect example, very appropriate. Aushadi is normally a, a, an herbal medicine. So the dukaushadam tadapidukam can be worse than the, 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 the cure, it can be worse than the disease. And it, you know, cancer diagnosis is like the most frightening, you know. And what are the remedies? Oh, well, I'm going to have to do chemo. And, and you know, everyone knows it's like poisons the body, you know, go through hell, you know, trying to get rid of the cancer. And sometimes, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works for a while, then it comes back. Just hellish. So, dukkha shadam tadabidukam. 
And then he gives the analysis, this brilliant four syllables of the root of the whole problem. I'm thinking I'm something I'm not. Because we're identifying with the material body, and the material body is part of the material world, it's constantly changing, it's a complicated machine, and as we know, anyone who's owned a car for a while, all machines break down, they have problems, you have to try to repair it, and eventually you can't repair it, you gotta get a new one, and that's exactly what happens with the body. So, uh, be but because we identify ourselves with, with the, the, uh, the car of the body, uh, therefore we're thinking that you know, we're identifying, we're feeling all the suffering and anxiety and all this, you know, terror. So that's the root of the problem. I mean, Prabhupada talks about someone, someone who is, uh, you know, a car, we, we're meant to use the body for serving Krishna. That's the idea. This says you're meant to use a car for going from point A to point B. But suppose you, 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 you spend all day polishing the car, you know, you're completely absorbed in the car. This is obviously a kind of a mania. It's not normal, right? I remember when I was a kid, there was one of my friend's fathers was just like that. You know, every day when he came from home from work, he would go and polish the car. And on weekends, we only saw him polishing that car. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a nice car, but it was... <laughs> he actually... I always think of that when I hear Prabhupada talk about that. So, that's clearly out of bounds. But even identifying yourself with the car, which is what we're doing with this body, is is completely uh, wrong, and it, it, it's the root of our problem. It's why we stay in the material world. So now the last line, he gives the real solution to the problem. He's speaking directly to the Shringadei. My dear Lord, please, this wandering soul, Brahmami, uh, instruct me in your Dasya Yoga, which is synonymous with Bhakti Yoga. In other words, this is the solution. And in the next verse, He's confident of crossing over this ocean or this fire, fire, forest fire of material life uh, by practicing that yoga, and he's describing what the essence of it's going to be. By you're engaging in your transcendental loving service in the association of devotees who are liberated souls. So, so the first aspect, let's, let's turn our attention a little bit to uh, Rupa Goswami's famous two verses describing the latter from faith to love, beginning with Shraddha and ending with Prema. Very important, it's quoted in the purport in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, and you'll find it explained in detail in the Nectar of Devotion. So Rupa Goswami, who's really our uh, you know, great Acharya for, for uh, the practice of devotional service, Rasacharya for, for the uh, essence of devotional service, the relationship with Krishna. Near the beginning of his book, he gives this ladder. We're all on the ladder somewhere. We can identify this is really what we're trying to do. So he first says, Adal Shraddha. Now Prabhupada explains, this Shraddha is not the same Shraddha that Lord Chaitanya defines in his instruction to Sanat Goswami. The, the really intense uh, faith, Shraddha means faith, where you place your heart, is what the actual derivation of the word, uh, is defined as follows. Shraddha Shabde Vishras Kohe Sundadanishjoy Krishna Bhakti Kohe Sarvakamakatohoi that faith, which corresponds to nishta in this ladder, means firm conviction, unshakable conviction, that just by practicing the activities of Krishna consciousness and integrating my material necessity work into Krishna consciousness as well, all my uh, aspirations will be fulfilled. Krishna karma 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 So, in other words, I don't have to do anything else 
but 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 nicely follow the principles of Krishna consciousness, and I'll be my material uh, uh, needs will be met, and my my most important actually my spiritual needs will be met, and I'll go back to God. That's really firm faith. But this is beginning faith. Adar Shuddha. Prabhupada defines it as uh, respect and interest, preliminary interest. It's it, the result of that Shuddha is Sadhu Sangha. It brings you into the association of devotees. In other words, someone gets a book out in, 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 in the wild so out there, and uh, they're a little bit interested. The book may stay on the shelf for months or years, but at a certain point, something happens in someone's life, where, and they pull the book off, and they read it. And it's, a little, it's fascinating, you know, because they're receptive to the message, you know, of the spiritual life. And the result is they go to a temple, or nowadays, the first thing they do, we probably get online, you know, <laughs> and get onto a nice Hare Krishna site, a real one, and, uh, <laughs> and they'll get some, some more interest. The interest will be increased because they're, you know, they're, they're associating through the media. And if they're fortunate, they'll actually, and if they're fortunate to live near enough to a temple, they'll actually go and, and come into the association of devotees. So that's the second thing. Somehow or other, Sadhu Sangha. Now we should know that when we read Srila Prabhupada's books, or we attend class, or you hear, that is also Sadhu Sangha. It's, it's the Sangha association with the most important Sadhu, Srila Prabhupada himself. He, he said famously, uh, there's two ways of associating with the Acharya. Vani and Vapu. Does, that, does everyone know what those two are? Most of you know what those are. Maybe some of the new people. Vapu means the, the, the actual form of the body. Srila Prabhupada during those magic 12 years between 67, uh, 65 and 67, when he was uh, on his uh, preaching adventure, you know, he was always preaching, but I mean the, the Western uh, development of Iskand, etc. Uh, he, was, he was, when he had the chance, he would travel after some, about a year in New York, you know, getting things going. And then he went to the West Coast and he came back and he went to India. Gradually he was going around the world 14 times. And so, to have Srila Prabhupada come to your temple was like the goal of your life. You know, devotees would distribute books like mad because Prabhupada said, whoever distributes the most books, I'll visit their temple. He wouldn't say, I'll stay there, right? You know? So you read his letters and, and some you know, devotee in Seattle said, oh, he's distributed it on but I'll certainly come there if you continue. So he was, he was firing up the book distribution. And he was going around and around as far as possible you know, in advanced age. And that visit of Prabhupada was like a, a, a unique experience, you know. I remember I was so fortunate. I joined in, in Henry Street in 73, uh, and it was just, it was probably the second most enlightening temple in Iskand at that point, outside of New York, uh, L.A. Uh, many, many devotees of a high caliber. These, these paintings, you've all seen the paintings in the books, you know. And they were done by a crew of artists who joined and then were trained, Prabhupada told them how to paint and everything. Uh, they were all there because the book production was going on there. Murali Dara was there, Parikit was there, Bhargaraj, and many of them were, were not only uh, great art, artists like Bhargaraj, he was a fabulous musician in Kirtan leader. You know, so these are all these devotees were there, and uh, others who were involved in that in the books. And you know, it was a, it was a major temple. So then, two weeks after I came in March of twenty March twenty seventh, nineteen seventy three, I moved in. Uh, Prabhupada came. There were devotees who had never saw Prabhupada. They joined in Brazil, you know, and they were fine devotees and everything, but he never, he was never able to get down there. 
So he comes two weeks after I tried. I thought, well, this is, I thought, well, this is usual, he's coming, you know. So I was so fortunate. And, you know, it was a, it was a tremendous experience to see Prabhupada and hear his classes in person, you know, like that. It's wonderful. And then I went to L.A. and he came there several times. So I was able to see Prabhupada several times. And I'm sure Sandamani uh, did and some of the other seniors. Uh, so, but that's very rare. It's very rare at the time that Prabhupada was on the planet when the movement was so big. What to speak of after he leaves? There's no, there's no opportunity for that kind of thing. But, having left his books and all those wonderful recordings of lectures and bhajans and the letters, you know, that's association. The most important kind of association is uh, hearing what, in, in a certain mood. There's this word shushushrol, which is very prominent. It, it appears several times in the early part of the Bhagavatam, especially. And as uh, anyone who's familiar with the Sanskrit language a little bit, you know, well, it's obviously based on hearing, right? But it means more than just hearing. It means hearing, uh, Prabhupada defined it as ardent hearing or submissive oral reception. This is like a, like a phrase, like supreme personality of God. It's not just God, you know, supreme personality of God. So what does that mean? It, uh, it's interesting to see what, how it's defined and how it's used, this word. It also means serving you know, with, with submission and attention. So the idea is that you're hearing instructions and you're taking them into your heart and you're acting on them. That's the proof that you've heard with this ardent attention. And what it said at the second verse of the whole Bhagavatam, this word is, appears. It says, Dharma Projita Kaita Gautapadamoni Matsadana Satam Vedim Bastava Matavasushivadam Tabatoyamulan Shiman Bhagavate Mahamanukate King So what that latter, this is a wonderful verse, is describing the glories of the Bhagavatam. We won't get into that right now. But what it says there at the end, Srimad Bhagavate Mahamadukate, that this Bhagavatam was written by the great sage uh, Vyasadev. And I think Prabhupada in his maturity, this is the last book he wrote. And Ishurat Sandyodidyabadukate, the one who hears this Bhagavatam, with this ardent hearing, submissive oral reception, the Lord manifests in the heart. In other words, you, you come to the point of seeing Krishna in your heart because you're taking the instructions in your heart, you're following them, and you're basically worshipping the Bhagavatam at every moment. So he says, what's the use of any other scripture? What else do we need? The goal of, of life is to purify oneself so we can perceive the Lord within and without at every moment and go back to God. So this... Ardent hearing is what uh, happens when you come into the association of pure devotees, uh, those who are following strictly, and those especially who are paramahamsas, as mentioned here. And what do you hear? Lila kata. I mean, does, 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 do we know what that means? Lila kata. Talks of uh, descriptions of your pastimes. He's speaking directly to Lord Nishingadev. Now, Nishingadev is, you know, an incarnation or expansion of Krishna. This Leela Kata, of course, applies to Krishna Leela as well. Any bona fide uh, description of, of, of the, the pastimes of the Lord or his incarnations. And this, in this way, I will easily, unjust the Tarmi, uh, easily cross beyond this forest fire or ocean, whatever you want to describe it, di- difficulty of uh, birth and death. Guna Vipramukta, these, these uh, vibrations will be free of all tinge of the modes of nature. In other words, it's just 
This is the real Aushadi. You see? What is that verse? Nivitta Tarsha Gyamanas Babhashadat Chotamano Birama. Kabuttama Shloka Gunana Vadam Kumama Rajadivinapa Shugna. This is a very dramatic verse, but complementary to this verse. Right at the beginning of the tenth canto. Parikat is a sack. Now you can imagine, you know, just try to visualize the scene now. You know, we, we've come to class and we hear, you know, and, and uh, it's a little hard to sit sometimes. You've got to move around and you sit on a chair, you know, for like 45 minutes. And then, you know, I mean, I found personally, when a class goes over an hour, it doesn't practically matter who's speaking. I, my body is just making it more, more and more difficult to concentrate. You know, I just don't, just the way it is. So Parikh is sitting there seven days, no sleeping, no eating, no drinking water. And he's, this is the 10th candle beginning now. So he's already gone through, you know, two-thirds or three-quarters of that time. Maybe four, five, five and a half days, whatever. Just imagine. So he's saying, now, please, describe to me the 10th candle. It's leading up to this. This is the summum bonum, right? This is Krishna Leela. And so this is his uh, questioning Shugadev. So he's describing here, he said, Nivritta Tarshai Rupagi Yamanam. When this Leela Katan, which is what he's going to hear, the pastime of, of, of the talks of Krishna's past and descriptions, from the greatest poet, Shukadeva Goswami, you know, beautifully composed, um, uh, which is Nivritta Tarshai, it's spoken by those who are free of all material desires. You see? In other words, it's very, very potent, which is what Prabhupada's words are as well. Same, same standard. There, it's, it's the remedy for birth and death. Baba means, uh, what Baba really means is change. This is the, this is the, the uh, world of change. Baba Sagara. You're in an ocean, which is always uh, uh, you know, disturbing. Prabhupada experience that he often uses, experience of coming over here to, to describe, yes, this is what this whole world is. It's an ocean where there are waves of disturbances of change. The change is birth, old age, disease, and death repeatedly. So it's, it's a, a metaphor, but very graphic one. Uh, so this is, but this is the remedy, the same word, aushadi. It ends our involvement in this ocean or forest fire, the same idea. Which is what we, we should want that, right? Do we want to stay around here, birth after birth? No. Uh, but and it's not a bitter medicine, shrotha mana abhirama. It's delightful for the ear and the mind and the heart. In other words, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the easy way that Kapila Dave mentions, no, uh, yeah, Kapila Dave mentions in his uh, Sadhu Sangashtaka. Uh, that's another thing. I, I, eight verses at the beginning of his instructions to his mother. He's saying, Satam Prasanga, associating meaningfully with the sadhus. This Prasanga means. As adopting this attitude of shushu show of, of, of ardent hearing and chanting, one Kapiladev says he will when one will naturally hear my my glories are, are explained beautifully. and it acts like a like a life giving elixir for the mind and the heart. And when you practice this process, which is what we're doing now, basically, although I'm as far from from a as you can get, but here I am trying to just channel Prabhupada's words. Uh, it, 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 uh, it acts like a, a, this life-giving elixir, and 
uh, one quickly is on the path, goes quickly on the path of liberation, and develops shraddha, rati, and prema. It's similar to this ladder that Rupa Goswami describes. One develops faith, faith is deepened. One develops attraction for Krishna and bhakti, which here means pure devotional service. And the next verse he says, this is anjat, anjat, same word. This is the easiest process of yoga. You don't have to go up to the Himalayas. You don't have to perform some, you know, impossible gymnastics. No. Just come together and perform the, the greatest hearing and chanting of all first. Kirtan, Sankirtan, right? And then listen to, to the qualities and the pastimes of Krishna, you know? And then take his instructions into your heart and follow them. Like I, I made up this little uh, mantra, sutra. For Bhagavad Gita. This is like, you know, what we're supposed to do as devotees in the Krishna Kandas movie. Learn it, live it, and give it. Can we do that? Learn it, live it, give it. That's, that's what the Acharya, that's what the Acharya does. He's, he or she is steeped in the Shastra, completely understands it, lives according to the tenets, and takes the trouble to give it to others, in order to preach. That's Acharya. Acharya means... Uh, it's based on the word achar, which means behavior. In other words, you can't just know it and not, and not live according to the tenets and expect to have any potency. That's, you know, Prabhupada came, he had unlimited, uh, you know, lectures where he was criticizing those bogus representatives. Krishna talks about it too, mitya chara zuchite, right in the Bhagavad Gita. The, the, the pretenders who externally are pretending to be uh, acharyas or leaders, yogis, uh, swamis, but they're really not following the, the principles of the Shastra, which is, you know, th- there's a war. There's a war for a, a battle, for people's faith. And Srila Prabhupada is waging that war, and we have to be par- a part of that. To actually live according to what the instructions Srila Prabhupada gave, and advance, we'll automatically advance if we do that and will become agents by which we can help others. The heart, this padadukka dukkha, this word dukkha comes up here. This is describing Raghunath Das Goswami. And, uh, or the Sanatana, I forget. But great acharyas. Means the pain of others is your pain. Your feeling is uh, the pain of others. That comes at the end in Prahlad's prayers. You know, that, that he's, he's saying there, my dear Lord, I'll just paraphrase, he says, I have no trouble. I'm completely, you know, no, I, I, I am in, in, in any time I want, I can chant your glories, as he says here, and immerse myself in an ocean of nectar. You know, so what, what problem can I have? Naibo Vijay, I'm never disturbed. But then he says the third line, Shoche, Shoka, I am in anxiety because of all these foolish, foolish souls who are trying to enjoy Maya Sukaya, illusory happiness. Bearing the great burden of the struggle to enjoy this illusory happiness. They've turned your, their, their face away from you. They've turned their conscience away from you for eons, life after life. And therefore they're absorbed in this material energy, trying to exploit it, trying to enjoy it. And they're suffering. I'm lamenting. So Prabhupada says in the purport, Pallad is simultaneously happy and unhappy. He, on, on his own account, he's blissful. But he's feeling the pain of others, Padadukaduki. And therefore, the next verse he says, he criticizes Payanadeva Munayo, the so called Munis and learned souls who simply want their own liberation. He calls it Mukti Kama, 
It's a material desire. They just want your own liberation from, from all suffering and the hell with everyone else. That's the evidence of, of a soft uh, heart. It's a hard heart. So Prahlad says, I'm not like them. Naitan Bihaya Kupana, I'm not, this, these fools and rascals, I'm not going to give them up. Prabhupada describes it in verse or the purport, I forget which. I'm going to stay in the big cities, you know, where the people are, and try to give them, because I don't see any other remedy but for them but you, but your Lord is feet, all the Shinya These two verses are like pillars of the Krishna consciousness movement. They, they're practically the, the, the uh, what do they call it, mission statement, you know. In other words, advance yourself to the point where you cannot be shaken in your Krishna consciousness. And all the time and any time, by hearing and chanting the Hare Krishna mantra and all of the beautiful vibrations that we've been given through, through the books of Srila Prabhupada and there's so many other books now, that we can take shelter of. They're all real. You know, and put in the most beautiful poetry, Sanskrit poetry, Bengali poetry, I try to contribute my little drop into the ocean of poetry. You know, and they can enlighten the heart when we're actually Krishna conscious. So that we can, we can tolerate so much in this material world, because it is difficult. Pre, you know, especially if you get out of your comfort zone, as you say, and you try to actually approach people who are mostly not very willing to be approached. You know, but that's our duty. So how to get the strength to do that? Now I'm going to go into the purport here, where Prabhupada talks a lot about uh, chanting the bona fide songs we see from the Tzipic succession, accepting the thoughts of exalted, exalted devotees. In other words, we need to hear and read uh, directly or from uh, advanced devotees uh, the actual instructions coming down from Krishna through the disciplical session and through our own main representative, Srila Prabhupada, and make those our life and soul. Prabhupada gave this example in, of his own life in, his, in the Bhagavad Gita. Many of you may be familiar with this verse in the second chapter. Where Krishna is describing one has to have uh, fixed intelligence and determination in this process of yoga. He's just beginning his instruction, but he, he might mention this. Um, otherwise, one's intelligence is all over the place. And when that purport, Prabhupada uh, cites Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, who wrote a commentation for the whole Bhagavad Gita. And he says, this, the, the essence of this is making the order of the spiritual master one's life and soul. And Srila Prabhupada practically alone, practically alone amongst all his godbrothers, did that. Many of you are familiar with the history of the Gaudiyamat, which is the forerunner of this god. And uh, Siddhanta was a great, great, great preacher. He was able to spread Krishna consciousness all over India, the 64 mats. A mat is simply a temple with an ashram. This is kind of a mat. And, uh, you know, print so many books, distributed, and, and he, you know, he was Prabhupada's uh, uh, spiritual master. So the, the, the essential, you know, uh, uh, to pass on, you know, the, the uh, truth and the um, potency, he said, don't make one acharya, you know. He, rather have a GBC. He, he was the one who came up with that governing body commission. It's rooted in English rule or something, that phrase. Governing body commission. Uh, and, and in this way, they'll have the authority. You know? Well, they didn't do that. They broke up, as you know, into, into warring camps and eventually little ashrams, you know, with mutts here and there. And 
there was no question of anyone leaving there and going, going abroad, you know, as Prabhupada did. So Prabhupada eventually broke off from that Gaudiya Math, and he was following that order, you know, preaching English, trying to spread Krishna kindness. And then, what we, you know, we call like throwing a Hail Mary, you know, just like <laughs> with great prayer, but because, because Krishna was guiding his arm and, you know, it worked. Uh, go, to, go, to, go to America at age 69 with failing health, you know. He had the faith in those books, the Bhagavatam. He had those, those first canons, you know. It's really an incredible story. And he was successful because he, he was following the order of a spiritual master. He was empowered by not, you know, Pakistan and the entire Parampara, Lord Chaitanya, pushing himself in. And that's why we're sitting here. So now, I'd like to uh, focus on some of Srila Prabhupada's instructions because uh, this is really how this movement is going to continue or how it's not going to continue. If we, are, if we really, uh, you know, uh, imbibe Prabhupada's instructions, how he set this movement up and what he, what he wanted us to do, he, he, he tailored it that, so that it's feasible, even for us Western Kali Yugaites who have no background in tapasya and yoga and anything like that. But still, we have the sincerity, sincerity to hear submissively and become fascinated and be, aspire to be devotees. So I'd like to read a couple of um, excerpts from Prabhupada's letters. Now, this type, the, the, the uh, theme of this letter, these letters, is the importance of the morning program, especially Mangalarti. And I'm just going to, just so you know, you may not have read these before, but this is, this is how Srila Prabhupada was managing his movement you know, he was, he was, his authority was coming through those letters because there's no internet or anything like that. There's no way of calling on the phone for $10 a minute from India or whatever. Okay, uh, so this is a letter to Hayabiba. Now, Hayabiba, who was famous as the editor of the first canto and several other books, the first editor, he, he did wonderful work there. But he was also one of the first GBC. He was, he was part of the first GBC list. So he's being, being written to on that basis. This is from February 1972. Prabhupada is in Madras, Vrindavan, and he's writing to Hayabibu who's in New Vrindavan. So Prabhupada's in India and Hayabibu's in New Vrindavan. Please institute these most important points of attending Mangalarti and chanting 16 rounds. These are the most important points of Krishna consciousness process. But make it so that people may not think too repressive, so they will not go away. Impressive, but not repressive. That is the system. These regular principles are our life. If they are not respected, then we fall down from the standard and the whole thing is finished. This is a sample of the letter. Uh, I'll read two more, they're really short. Now this one is to Gopijanabalava, who is my temple president. This is written to Gopijanabalava, who was in uh, the Brooklyn Temple at the time. <coughs> uh, I didn't put down where Prabhupada was, but he could have been anywhere in the world. Oh, from Vrindavan. Prabhupada's in Vrindavan. Again, he's writing to Gopi Janabalava in September 74. You must see that they strictly follow the regular principles, the four prohibitions, as well as the devotional practices of arising early, taking morning bath, putting on tilak, attending Mangalarti, chanting Japa 16 rounds, and attending Srimad Bhagavatam class. This is the duty of all my initiated disciples, whether they are big or they are small. Actually, in our movement, there is no such thing as big or small. Everyone is a devotee, so everyone is expected to follow the devotional practices. And finally, this short one, which is, it may take your breath away a little bit. Uh, this is written to Giriraj in Bombay during the, 
time, you know, difficult time when they're fighting to get the land. If you read the story, Giraj Swami is writing a book about this. It's, it's um, an amazing uh, fight, Prabhupada said. It was, it was a good fight. You know, they tried to cheat Prabhupada out of the land. Anyway, so it was very austere there. You know, there was out, it was out in the, like a, a swampy part, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't built up at that time. And there were rats, you know, and Gauri got sick. So he's writing to Giraj hold it together. All men who live in the devotee rooms must attend Mangalarti or starve. <laughs> no, there was no breakfast. <laughs> so that's that was his comment. So the 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 idea is that we're trying to carry this forward. Now, now, Prabhupada set it up in such a way that yes, there are these these principles, and they're difficult to follow. But if we're really serious about making advancement and initiation and progressing, then we have to. Fire, follow those, aspire to follow those and then come to the standard. Because it, it, we're, we're surrounded by the Kali Yuga, the modes of nature are very intense, very thick. If we don't have this protection of, 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 a, of, a, of the, the morning program, I made this point yesterday, I'll make it again because there's some of the people here today, that the, the morning program, you know, when Prabhupada is in 26th Second Avenue, it wasn't the morning program like we have it today. But they were expected to get up you know, maybe get up if they, if they get up by seven. This was a success, you know, uh, because this is like you know the hippie days and the people used to do very unregulated life. So that was that was success, and uh, you know get them chanting Hare Krishna, and then but then when the initiation happened, then these rules were very strict. You know, no illicit sex, no gambling, no eating, no intoxication, and chanting sixteen rounds a day. All five of those were difficult. You know, were difficult at the time, and it's still a challenge. Uh, but but the the, the, re, the the morning program with the Bhagavatam class and everything wasn't instituted till later. Prabhupada spent uh, eight months, I think it was, in L.A., New Dwarka, which uh, he christened the world headquarters at the time, uh, uh, setting everything up. In other words, that, that temple itself was, was growing by leaps and bounds, and uh, you know so many famous devotees, Vishnu John was there, and. and uh, it was a great facility. Many of you have been there and seen it. Uh, so Prabhupada settled in there. He was writing, he had wonderful quarters. And he, he, the temple, uh, USA uh, ISKCON was developed to some degree. There were, I don't know how many temples, 15 maybe. And so he invited all those presidents to come, not, at, not all at the same time, uh, but to come and see and to learn the standards and go back and institute them in their centers. And what, uh, that's what we have. You know, this the, the, the Mangalartik and the Tulsi Puja. The Tulsi Puja may have come later because I don't think they were able to grow Tulsi for a while. And then finally, uh, uh, Govinda Dasi, was, you know, in Hawaii, was able to grow his fabulous Tulsis. And then set, Prabhupada sent the seeds, you know, the different temples. And he gave the mantra, you know, the, 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 the songs we sing and the mantra he gave at that time in a letter. Now it's interesting because I deal just a sidelight for a minute. Uh, this Vrindaya Tulsi Devai Pika Sivasancha. Is it Vishnu Bhakti or is it Krishna Bhakti? You know. Now, in the first songbook, uh, which I was there, I didn't—I think I participated in the production, but I remember it. I came out in '73 or '74. Chudananda was in India. He went to India first because to get away from the draft, and so he was wandering around India. And he said, "There's all these songs," and he knew Prabhupada. Can I make a songbook? I said, "Yes, put the songs together." 
So that first songbook had it as Krishna Bhakti. And then uh, the, the, the second songbook, or, or that revised songbook, uh, I think had it as Vishnu Bhakti. And the reason why was because if you, if by that time the letters were available, and in the letter to, to Govinda Das, the prophet said Vishnu Bhakti. So you have devotees, you know, saying Vishnu Bhakti or Krishna Bhakti. I, as an editor, I say, well, can we finalize this? Is it somewhere in the Puranas or something? Did anyone ever hear Prabhupada say Vishnu Bhakti or Krishna Bhakti? I wrote to Giraswan, he said, no, you know, Prabhupada, it, it doesn't have it. So uh, I always say Vishnu Bhakti because that's what Prabhupada said in the letter. But if anyone wants to say Krishna Bhakti, it's okay because that's what we want. <laughs> that's, it's a rare one where it's either way. But, but the, the, the point is that all of these became uh, part of the morning program, the Tosi Puja, and of course the Japa, you know, and the Japa tape is there, and, uh, you know, the, the Guru Puja, which Prabhupada several times said to, to devotees, this is the most important, you know, element, Guru Puja. And of course the class, the class is also very essential. Uh, so I, I wanted to just point out, uh, this is very, in the Nectar Devotion, you'll find in 64 different elements of bhakti there that are listed by Rupa Goswami. And then at the end he says, of all these, these five are the most important. And in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, you'll see, I think Lord Chaitanya says this, or maybe it's there in, in, in Bhakti Samarasindu, that even just a little attraction, a little uh, uh, involvement in these five can give one all perfection. And these five comprise the morning program. The first one is chanting Hare Krishna, you know, and that means both in Sankirtan together and in Java. Uh, association with devotees, doing things in association, hearing and chanting, just being with devotees. Uh, uh, and hearing Srimad Bhagavatam class regularly, uh, and it says elsewhere, you know, from those who are actually devotees, but that's, that's the idea. Uh, living in a holy place and worshiping the deity with faith and veneration. Now. We, that we, should, we should understand that when we come before the deity and we, and we chant uh, Hare Krishna, or we chant the song, we got the, you know, the song, that's our deity worship. That's not, it's not that that's not part of deity worship. We're meant to look upon the deity, we're meant to see the deity as Krishna, not just a statue, you know, that Krishna has agreed to come and to, to receive our worship because we can't see his spiritual form, we're not purified. So he, he comes by the grace of the Acharya, uh, to, to receive our worship. And the more purified we, 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 we are, the more we can see that deity as, as Krishna. We're meant to see it like that. The same thing with Srila Prabhupada's Murti. So, uh, all five of those are there in the morning program. Uh, and if we are able to get uh, regulated to attend you know, all elements of that morning program, then we have a very firm foundation for our devotional life. And we can be inspired and, you know, feel good about ourselves. Yes, you know, I know it's, it's, it was difficult to come to this standard, but it was worth it. And now, I, you know, you, you, you're empowered to then attract others, to impress them with it. If you're, if you're, not, if you're not strictly following, then it's, it, there's less empowerment. You can always give a book, you know, that's always perfect, and then people get it. But the, the people need to see those, these books and personify it. That's why Prabhupada is so important and so, so powerful. He personified everything that he was preaching. He exemplified it. And, and that, that gives you the shakti. So that's, uh, uh, I don't want to say my little sermon, 
But uh, this is right, right here in the, in the Bhagavatam, as Prabhupada emphasizing in this purport, that one should receive evam param parapatam, evam references that verse, coming down by this typical session. But by the force of time, this yoga has been, the science says this has been lost. Have you ever read, read the Bhagavad Gita, fourth chapter beginning? So therefore I'm coming to reinstitute it. So Krishna only comes once a, a, every 8 billion, 600 million years, but his representatives are, are you know, constantly on the planet. So we have that. It's not different because they're preaching the same thing and teaching the same thing and exemplifying the science. So this is our great chance. And uh, I just encourage you to, to uh, you know, study the letters and, and uh, Prabhupada's life and, and uh, this movement and uh, try to, to uh, tune up you know, our, our program of bhakti so that we can advance quickly and be completely in the line and become missionaries of, of Prabhupada. Because this generation won't be around forever. There's only a few of us Prabhupada disciples here. And, uh, you know, it's just the law, law, the law, it's the material law. We're handing it off to you. You have to continue. Yes. Thank you. Just to confirm that Prabhupada, at the time he was leaving his body, he was saying the same thing with his altering voice. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, same thing. Yes, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing that he was trying to give as much of that tent candle as he could, even you know, up to the very end. There's this video, which I, I saw once, and I would watch again, so it's kind of disturbing. But he's dictating his last purports in the, in the beginning of the tenth canto. And uh, I'll just share with you one, uh, one uh, editing thing. Because, you know, what, I, what I'm doing is I'm finding little errors and fixing them. And one of the errors was at the beginning of the tenth I was especially focusing on it because it's in the Dhammada of Lila. It's, it's part of Krishna's child of Lila. So let me see if I can find the actual thing. Oh yeah, so it's in the, I think it's the ninth chapter, ninth chapter, 10th kingdom. No. Uh, the Child of Pastimes of Krishna. Yes, what it is. So, anyway, I may not be able to find, but what is, what is said there, as, the, as Krishna Balaram are growing up, you know, and uh, they're crawling first, you know, and they're showing all the, I mean, <laughs> these are like the sweetest. They're crawling, you know, and they're, they're going toward, toward a, a, an adult, but then when they see it's not their mother, they, they turn around, they're afraid, and they, run, they crawl back to their mothers, you know. It's, <laughs> so these type of things are going on. But then there comes a point as every mother knows, where they've actually got their legs, you know, they not can only walk, but they can run. And so they're getting into all kinds of mischief, you know, Krishna Balaram, you know. And, and, the, and the mothers, Rohini and, and uh, Yashoda, are in great anxiety. They don't know this is the pretty supreme personality of God, you know. And so uh, they're thinking, oh, they're going to, you know, get, step on some thorn in the forest or some horn or some animal will come, you know. <laughs> So they were constantly in anxiety. So it says there, and has, has said, if you look it up, you find that verse in those chapters. And thus they were equipoised in what is known as the, uh, the anxiety 
of material affection. And this was it. And I said, material affections? Material affections? When I first read that, is it material affections? And I asked Dayawada Maharaj, because he was doing the editing of his, well, that's, you know, that's what it says, and uh, look at the purport, you know. Anyway, I recently went over it, because this is my job, and I looked at the, the original transcript, you know, we're probably And there was the word maternal, with the N turned into an I. The, 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 the words material and maternal have one letter different, right? It's that N. It's an N or I. I asked Marjorie, was this because Prabhupada said that and you listened to the tape? He said, no, no, there was, none of that was going on. You know, there was no time at that point, you know. So then I looked through the chapter and the word maternal affection appeared like five or six times. I said, this is not material affection, this is maternal affection. <laughs> so that, you know, that, those little changes can make a big difference. And so I'm trying to tune up. One of the, one of the others, and I'll end here, because this is a famous verse. Uh, there's two, actually. Maybe I'll, The first one is Queen Kunti's prayers. Some may know this prayer. Uh, she's actually describing those who are qualified to call out the name of Krishna with feeling. In other words, with purity and, you know, the, the, the devotees. You, you, I, you can chant, anyone can chant, you know, but, but to chant in an effective way, you have to follow what Chaitanya's instruction, right? More humble than a bear, as tolerant as a tree. In other words, you have to chant from a position of like feeling helpless and feeling that you really need Krishna's protection. Please appear to me. You, know, you read the Psalms, and this is the great devotees, how they're chanting. You listen to Prabhupada chant. So, how to attain that? You know? So, so she, she says this verse. Uh, I'm sorry, I went over this time. This is So, she's saying there, My dear Lord, your Lordship is easily... This is how the translation is, is read for 50 years. Uh, my dear Lord, your, your uh, Lordship is easily approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted, period. Those who are too much involved with uh, being progressively intoxicated with uh, the opulences of good birth, of wealth, of uh, high education and physical beauty cannot approach you with deep feeling. Now, because it made sense, you know, nobody really got into it and questioned it. But Prabhupada didn't say, cannot approach you with deep feeling. He said, cannot address you with deep feeling. And you look at the word, the word, the word is abhidatam. Address means to call out the name, and the whole purport is about chanting the holy name. Anyway, Prabhupada says, practically, this is a paraphrase, anyone can chant, but uh, there is a quality to that chanting. Someone who is too much attra- attracted to the, 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 the four opulences, four categories of opulences, which is aristocratic birth, and uh, education, of course, money, and, and beauty, cannot really chant the name, cannot call out to you with deep feeling. That's what the verse means. So the translation, if you're interested later, I can show you how the mistake was made. My dear Lord, your Lordship is easily approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted, comma, not period, comma, because those who are too much progressively intoxicated with these four opulences cannot address you with deep feeling, which is what Prabhupada actually wrote in his original book. So, so, this is for posterity, you know, <laughs> a thousand years. So it's important to get these right. If anyone's interested, there's some others that are pretty shocking.
Okay, I don't know if we have any time for questions, but uh, what do you say? Yes? All questions have been answered by your amazing <laughs> presentation. Okay, all good. How do you for those who can, we'll, 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 uh, we'll be continuing tomorrow with similar verses. Do you have the, uh, speaking of editing, uh, do you have the verse there that you read today? Okay. Yes, I'm, uh, well, we would like to have a special uh, welcome for all the El Paso devotees who come today. Oh, yeah.